Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. We are coming to you live from your neighborhood Starbucks, or at least I am. So if there's background noise, uh, you can uh, you can fault me for that. But we're you know we're getting things done while while on the road and traveling. I'm up in Michigan to uh, see some family and uh, show our new uh, son around to uh, some of my wife's family. So we've had to make the trek up here, our yearly pilgrimage, as I like to call it. Um, and today we've got Dan Schmelja. Is it Schmelja? Schmela. Schmela. Dan Schmela. Should have done that before we press record. Dan Schmela uh, from Chili Piper. If you don't know Dan, you might be living under a rock. I feel like Dan, you, you've been around for in the B2B SaaS world for years now, right? I mean, I'm been, a guy now. Been, I was a young guy, <laughs> but now I've been around for a bit. <laughs> uh, but Dan is coming to us today. And um, Dan, I. I'm doing something new where I don't like to tell people's titles. I like to say things that you get to work on, and then you you tell me if I'm if I've got the right perception or you. Kind of tell all right, me let's right do it. Does that sound good? I don't even really know okay. my own title anyway. You know, it keeps changing <laughs> okay. all the time. So, all Go right. Well, uh, if I had to if I had to boil it down, uh, Dan gets to work on three things. He gets to work on kind of the ecosystem of B2B SaaS. So where does, who does Chili Piper get to interact with in terms of other brands, companies, tools that are out there, kind of, uh, you know, what other companies are doing fun things that, uh, you know, Chili Piper can, uh, can also take part in. So that's kind of one in my mind. Uh, second is definitely around uh, this, this whole idea of uh, kind of dark social these days, you know, social is becoming a major way that uh, your buyers that are out there are discovering your brand, uh, understanding what you do. And so not only just, let's just say the Chili Piper handle, but, you know, what's kind of the ethos and the culture internally about how people use social um, and how it can benefit not only, you know, those people, but also the business. And then I would say the third thing you get to work on is um, you get to kind of turn back inward and look towards your customers and say, and look at all the cool things that your customers are doing. Uh, you know, people who are uh, super users of the product, people who have awesome case studies and use cases, people who are just doing really cool and dynamic things. And you get to go shop those stories, uh, not only from social channels, but uh, you know, other marketing mechanisms. So partnerships, social customer marketing, how'd I do? You did pretty good. You know, we, we view that, you know, aside from paid acquisition, there's a ton of stuff that equates to the dark funnel. So I also manage all of our events. Well, an amazing team does, and I support them. And we kind of flow that into dark funnel as well. Uh, beyond that, I manage all of our video production at the company, um, which for the most part is dark funnel, but sometimes plays on the product side. Uh, although the team pretty much does that for me. And then uh, the last thing I manage is our foundation. Uh, when we raised our series B, we donated a million of that to charity, and I work with Alina and our founders to ensure that that money, you know, helps people throughout the world. So there's a lot going on, but it's a lot of fun. That's super cool. Man, you're, I mean, even more than the three things that I mentioned, that's super cool. Um, real quick before we jump in, into the business stuff, tell us about the foundation. That's a super unique aspect. And um, I think I saw a message about that, especially around, I know um, you all were very active around um, when the, you know, kind of the first invasions of Ukraine were happening. Um, I know that I saw tons of messages from your team and especially your, your uh, founding team. I saw that they had put a, a bunch of stuff. So tell us about this foundation. Yeah, well, you know, I come from a political background and 
it's interesting because our brand on social has been almost run like a campaign just because I'm the person who's been running it. And that's kind of what I know, but it's been, it's been effective. And then there's a part of this where we're like, let's not only build a world-class company, but let's see if we can help the world, help our employees, help their families. So, you know, we have 250 employees across over 50 countries right now. We have a lot of employees in Ukraine. We have a lot in Russia. Before the war broke out, we were really worried. Once the war broke out, we evacuated all of our employees from Russia and Ukraine, except for those who stayed to fight. And then we took it a step further to help their families. In the process, we created this massive logistical document that ended up becoming the canonical logistical document for Ukraine. We ended up helping over 100,000 people escape the country. Um, but, but that's kind of just an aspect of what our goal is, where it's like every year, these tech companies in the US alone, they're raising hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars, hundreds of billions. And uh, if they donated like 1% to that, it would be like one of the largest news sources of philanthropic support in the world. So that's what we did. We, we donated a million. It was even, it was 133rd of our series B. And uh, we're trying to help the rest of the industry do the same. Uh, the Ukraine stuff was definitely the most visible, but we've actually been uh, supporting refugees and displaced people uh, for over a year and a half now. And uh, we're doing what we can. So it's fun. And we've also got 50% female managers and execs at Chili Piper. So I believe that like uh, the fact that people can draw identity from their work here and it is such a diverse workplace is actually like a, a competitive differentiator for us from a product perspective as well. Oh, yeah. Huge. Especially in, uh, you know, people, uh, teammates, employees are this, this day can, you know, vote with their feet. I mean, in terms of where they work, they can uh, pick up and leave very easily now with the remote culture, remote workforce um, that's out there. And so, um, you know, things like that, I think, are also becoming a competitive advantage when you think about total compensation packages, right? It's like, it doesn't always just have to uh, come down to the cents and dollars that you're getting paid. It's all the, the other aspects that come with that uh, outside of just your computation and benefits. So uh, I would yeah, agree. For sure. We could talk right, about so, the whole hour if you want, but I feel uh, like no, your could. leadership wants to hear a little bit more tactical. They do. Like the marketers take yeah. on CS rather than the marketers take on philanthropy. <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, maybe the a good place to start is um, two icebreakers and then we'll jump into the, the real content. But uh, one question I like to, to hopefully open up and get our listeners know you a little bit better. How does Dan describe his perfect Saturday morning? What does a Saturday morning look like in your, in your world? All right. So I wake up, the dogs jump on me and they give me like nice snuggles, uh, tumble and Ruby. Then after that, uh, I have a nice breakfast, drink some coffee, and then I go swimming. And this isn't only my Saturday. I actually go swimming five to seven days a week, every single week in the summer, starting in like early May through September if possible. Uh, and that's part of the beauty of living in Vermont. They're amazing, clean rivers, less than 20 minutes from me. So I, a couple of years ago, systematically like took probably an, uh, probably I had a little more process that was needed, but I've started systematically mapping out all the rivers of Vermont. And I have some just like incredible spots where nobody knows where it is. So I'll go there. I'll relax. I'll think of random marketing ideas. Uh, then I'll schedule send them for Monday for my team. And then it's Monday morning. It's like, I was at the river and thought we should do this. Uh, and I just come back, relax, maybe clean the house, maybe uh, do a tiny bit of work, post to LinkedIn uh, and have a delicious dinner. 
recently for me, I've been um, just grilling really nice meats for all my friends. <laughs> I'm like, come on over. Uh, let's use some of that Chili Piper VC money to, uh, <laughs> to uh, make nice meats for everyone in Burlington. Um, those are oh, what's funny is that's my perfect day. And that's literally like half the days this Saturday, this summer as well. I, I hit that not that hard when you're when your highest aspiration is just go to a river. Uh, it's not that yeah. hard. I like that though, uh, that you're, you know, not going swimming like in a pool. You're not going swimming at like a local YMCA or something, right? I mean, we're going, we're going all natural. We're going to, you know, uh, the rivers and streams of Vermont, which if I had imagined the, the water's got to be pretty like refreshing and, and like oh awakening God. for you. It's got to be pretty, pretty crispy. Honestly, it's like every day I just work myself like to exhaustion almost. And then I'll go swimming and it'll just be like, you have a life outside of work that is beautiful and you are whole and complete. And it's the only thing that allows me to kind of like push it really hard. And, and sometimes after I swim, I'll even come back and do a little bit more work. Cause I feel so refreshed, but I'll like dive under yeah. the water and let the current push me like 30 feet downstream <laughs> to pop up and scare all my friends. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I like it. I'm uh, I'm also on the, I'm also on your cooking uh, meats train, by the way, I've got a, a green egg at our house and uh, my wife, especially nice. like during the summer windows is always like i'm always like hey can we like smoke something this weekend she's like i've eaten meat for like seven straight weeks like can we do something else please uh so i'm on that train all right last question and we'll jump into the real content um if you had to pick anywhere else in the united states to live besides vermont where would it be oh gosh i don't know maybe uh somewhere in maine I was living in San Francisco for a long time in Oakland, um, but I don't know. There's a lot going on in San Francisco, maybe Maine or back in the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. I like, uh, do you like Vermont and Maine just because of uh, how remote they are? I like be it because of the water, to... the climate. Yeah. I'm a little worried about uh climatic the, the climate situation the political situation throughout the world so that eliminates a lot of countries a lot of states um so yeah i like i like maine and, and, and vermont the, the issue with those states is they're just they really lack diversity so that's like the one yeah there's several but that's the biggest downside for them so maybe i go back yeah. to uh back to oakland uh where i was living for a few years so i can have rare barrel sour beer every day and go to bloody bottega <laughs> because <laughs> there's not like there's a saying um, what happens in vermont stays in vermont but nothing ever happens in vermont and it's very true <laughs> <laughs> i like that oh man it's like the, it's like the almost the complete opposite of uh you know vegas when it when it means that you know yeah. um should we put a right, title well, at the top of this podcast that's like please skip 11 minutes in to get past dan talking about rivers <laughs> randomly you know what you uh you know what you find funny is that i get more messages about like the banter on these uh than like sometimes the actual content so who knows we'll have to see what people say um but yeah, yeah we'll get to the real a reflection now. on so, the content on the banter not the content <laughs> <laughs> the uh so the you know we've been connected now for a couple of years I've, i got to know you through um modern sales pro back in the day and you've just been a, a person that i always see building community in the market, whether you like it or not, like you just happen to, I think, do it just through some of your natural tendencies. And so I've uh, been connected with you for a little bit and a couple of things that stuck out um, that I thought would be really fun to, to talk through today. I think 
this dark funnel idea um, and social has become a big part. You know, I think um, one thing that we've heard from a lot of customer success leaders out there is a question around, you know, do I let my customer success managers connect with our customers and, you know, the executives at them and do we, can we connect on LinkedIn? And is that, you know, is that okay? Kind of, first of all, to do that type of thing. And then two, like, once we're connected, once they're connected, then like, what do we, how do we stoke that relationship, right? How do we actually use that to our advantage? There's a lot of people out there who I think haven't really cracked the code of like, okay, and we can even just look at it beyond customer success, right? Hey, how, do, how do we get our company to engage with our customers on these social channels? And so I'm curious, how, how do you approach that at Chili Piper? Is there a way that you all have been trying to, to connect, you know, what you all are doing at the company to your customers and then trying to do that kind of in a visible way through some of the, the social channels? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in short, the answer is like, absolutely yes. And uh, oftentimes we've even found that social is like an amazing way to build brand alliances without all the red tape. Because like, let's say you have a customer and you want to build like a traditional channel partner relationship with them or even a reseller. Agreement. Like we tried to do that for a bunch of companies. We do it with some, but it's like, there's like a hundred pages of legal to sign. You got to train everybody. But but there's another aspect of social, which is like, you know, people responding to psychological triggers. So for example, if I had a customer that I really liked and from my company account, I commented on all their stuff, especially when it's relevant to Chili Piper, they're going to be like on a subconscious level, just really grateful to have me there supporting them. So what I would say is that like, oftentimes the best social media marketing lies at the intersection of what benefits your customers and what benefits you. Because what's really cool about Chili Piper and the way we market is like if one of our customers doubles their inbound conversion rates because they're using our tool, which allows a demo booked on a website to get routed right to an AE. And then we say, holy cow, into it. Congrats, you doubled your inbound conversion rate. You are amazing. That's really great for their brand as well. So what I would say is that like, yes, connect with the executives at your customer. Yes, have them engage with your customer's company account and then create this relationship where you're, you're showcasing their wins. We even take it a step further where we'll wait for key milestones amongst our customers. And then it's like, hey, you weren't expecting this, but like the chili, the chili team is gonna jump on your marketing campaign today. And like, we don't even tell them until it happens sometimes. A great way to do this tactically is like whenever any of your customers raises a big funding round, just give them a huge attaboy on social or add a whatever gender. Um, and it's it's just awesome. Like we've had companies like Mural when they raise a huge amount of money and I think their value, valuation was like 3 billion or something or 2 billion. We created this piece of art that was like multiple unicorns running through an amazing... Uh, instance, and then their their CEO re, re, posted on LinkedIn the day that they raised hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's like when you recognize what your customers want, then you can bring your relationship beyond just supporting them with your technology. You can support them with your brand. And it comes from understanding what they want. The more different cut connection points, the more employees you have connected, the more employees you have active, the more your company page is connected, the more your social media manager is connected to your customer's social media manager, the more tools you'll be able to have to leverage when these opportunities come around to really highlight the benefits you're providing to your customer or the benefits your customer is providing to the market. It doesn't even have to be about you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other part that I just picked up in there too, right. Is um, you're not looking for like a staunchy message that's uh, 
kind of stuffy that says like, Hey, congratulations on raising your big round. And it's like, uh, you know, like this, it's been passed through 17 people to, you know, get out there. Uh, the example you gave, right. You kind of have this unicorn picture, which sounds very, um, uh, a part of your brand. It sounds like the way you guys want to interact It's authentic, right. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. So, you know, like that type of thing is, um, is also what, what is going to stick through, right. It's like, you're actually authentically making these connections and thinking about, Hey, what's, what's the type of message they want to hear? Not what's the type of corporate message that they want to hear. Right. Like, I think those are two different things. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, what's nice also is like, if you think, why do people post to social, right? Oh, they post to social to grow their brand, to further their business objectives, to do all this. What do they want from social? They want reach. Okay. How can you help them hit their goals? And then if you're looking amongst your customer base, oh, these five people are really active on LinkedIn. Like, let's make a post highlighting their thought leadership, telling people to follow them. You kind of create this relationship where not only do you build relationships across the client, but you build relationships with the people who are most active on social already. So it's like perfect. And a lot of times, like, that's just the start of a relationship where you give, give, give. And then they're like, what can I do for you? And you're like, well, if you want to, you can post something about us. And now we, we get over a million organic impressions just on LinkedIn every month just through user-generated content, content from our customers posting about us. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the other thing that I think about quite a bit too when, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, hey, what can I do from social? Um, how can we include our customers and what they're doing is we've also tried to go coach some of our CSMs just looking for these types of moments. Just like you said, it doesn't always have to be um, a milestone or a funding raise, right? There are other little moments that happen throughout a customer relationship. And so we've tried to get our teams to um, look and identify for those. And then we have a Slack channel that's called Stories Worth Sharing. And hey, no matter any time you want to do it, go drop it in Stories Worth Sharing. I'm actually trying to work on, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a, actually a, an automation in Slack where you can tie an emoji. So in any channel, if anybody uses a specific emoji, you can tie it so that it would actually wrap that message all the way back into a specific channel. So for instance, if I was telling a story to Dan in our customer success channel that said, hey, Dan, our customer just did something amazing. Here's what they did. And they said, oh, that's perfect for stories worth sharing. Instead of having to make your team member go repeat that post or go take that, you can just press this emoji and then it routes that message in there. So I'm trying to get things like that going uh, as well, because I think that's also how you can uncover those stories. Yeah, for sure. So we have three policies uh, that kind of relate to that. The first one has not been proven out yet, but I'm working with Sid on our team and we hope to have it proven out uh, this month. It's called content bingo. So we essentially have this like nine by nine square of like questions. How do you prioritize marketing objectives? And then the persona we want to cover it. Uh, and the idea is to turn that into thought leadership, not like, hey, Chili Piper doubles your inbound conversion, but like, hey, here's how you're a leader in the marketing or CS space. Then we encourage our CSMs, our AMs, our account managers, our, our AEs in conversations to be like, hey, this random thing, we're doing this bingo thing. Like, would you mind if I record you for two minutes and then get your perception on like, uh, what's the optimal way to route inbound leads? Record. And then if they get them all, they get an award and they win bingo and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's one amazing way that like your CSMs can capture amazing thought leadership from your clients. Then we can post it from our company channel or in our content. And that's like, that's adding value. You're helping them be a thought leader. A second thing that we do is we just have a channel called Chili Love. 
anytime anyone posts anything about social uh, from the company channel, we amplify that. So like someone's posting about their first week at Chili Piper, they'll get 30 comments on it. And then the third thing we do is we have what's called a social amplification block every Thursday. This is a 15 minute calendar item across the entire company's uh, calendars. And it just in it has like a bunch of suggestions like here, post this. Here's a guide to post about this one content piece. Here's a post from one of our customers. Please go and engage that. Here's another customer. Go follow them. I guarantee you, if you can create a mechanism where your customers, you give them 100 likes, give them 100 follows, like that will build goodwill. Like it will. Like that's, especially if people are trying to post. You're just like, I see your goal to be an influencer. Let me help you. This is part of being part of the Chili Piper community. It's a service we provide. And it's just awesome. And then they start posting or yeah. tagging us because they know when they tag us, we're going to bring in the chili army and amplify all their stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the best part. I love that chili army uh, reference too. But it's a super, I love the bingo example. Uh, like you said, it's just, you're trying to evangelize these things internally and make them fun, right? I think uh, traditionally people just, hey, you know, Dan, can you go post this on our behalf? And it's kind of like, well, that's not very fun, right? That doesn't make it fun for the person. It doesn't make it fun for anybody. So I think trying to find these ways is, um, is super cool. Are there yeah, any, it's are really there important any, to make um, it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's really important to make it not artificial. Like a while back, we were looking at our posts and Medioli on our social media team is just amazing. I used to review all the posts with her and now I don't. I just like, I'm like, go do your thing. And she asked me if she has questions. It's just like, awesome. But we had this thing where we had our channel partners and every week we would announce it. And it'd be this like infographic that's like Chili Piper and this other company together. And we found it was performing really poorly. So now what we've done is we've requested from our channel partners for their highest performing piece of thought leadership that they've produced over the last year. Then we post something about them as thought leaders with the call to action to be to follow the leaders at the partner company. And then below the fold, under the Seymour, it's like they're a new partner for us. But it's just like the, the more real and the more you can try and share, the more you can build content, knowing that it's going to start a conversation, the more that you can build a community rather than speaking to an audience. That's how you truly build relationships with your customers in public on social. And if they're making public commitments about how much they love you on social, like Cialdini and a lot of psychology would say that that will actually materially influence the way they perceive your brand uh, internally when it comes time for evaluation as well. Yeah. The, the point that you just hit on too is, is something that I think has actually carried us through Gain Grow Tame, which is this idea about creating content that's actionable and that people need and want and, you know, something that um, is going to drive. But we, uh, when we run our office hours calls, it's one of the questions that we always ask at the end, which is, have you met one new person today? AKA, have we helped you grow your network by at least one? And then do you have one piece of actionable content you can take away? And through those types of questions, right, you can try and boil it down to a very simple uh, perception of like, hey, if we helped you meet one new person, then yeah, I did. It was successful, right? I, mean, I helped you grow your network. It's only by one person, but it grew by one. Um, and the same thing by actual piece of content. So I love your point about, you know, how can, instead of trying to create some of these artificial partnerships or relationships where people just announce, I, I've also seen these, right, where people put out PR announcements where they say, hey, we're going to use product X and product X is going to use us. Like, how amazing is that? And it's like, that's not helpful at all. That doesn't yeah. really do anything. Um, so but it's not like here's this partner and we're this other company. It's like, here's this partner and here's what they have to tell you that'll help you immediately. They're like, oh, I like yeah. what the partner says. 
because they don't give a damn about who the company is. They care about like yeah. who the people are or the emotional connection they have to the people or or what they learn from the company. So if you serve that up as the focal point of your kind of customer partner announcement, then you're going to be building a community and providing value rather than just trying to educate an audience um, or let them know yeah. about something that's not relevant to them. The, uh, the other point that I was going to mention to you about the customer uh, kind of user-generated content and customers and, and trying to engage. One thing that I've done pretty frequently that I, I've found successful is I get to talk to customers a lot, which is really fun. And nine times out of 10, a customer has something that they want to show or share, right? They're like, hey, can I share you my screen real quick? And they show you a deck. They show you a, you know, a model they built in Excel. They show you something. And nine times out of 10, you know, what I respond with is, oh, this is super cool. Is there a way that like we could, is there any sensitive information on this? Like, is there a way that like, if we remove the sensitive information and I share that? It's another way to your point, right? We can go pump this person up on social because we can go say, hey, Dan built an amazing strategy deck about how to go build your first community. And like, we wanted to share it with everybody. And now you're promoting Dan, Dan, you know, hey, here's a three minute video that Dan did on Loom for us to talk about why you built the deck and how he did it. And now we're sharing it on social. So I always look out for those little moments too, where customers are there because nine times out of 10, they're internally at their company having to build some sort of deck, having to do something right where they're creating content. And so the more that we can pull those things out, again, it's just like perfect for social because it's like, hey, here's something that somebody's actually using, right? It's an actual piece of content from a yeah. person who's sitting in the same seat that you are. So I always look for those. Yeah, too. for sure. And then at the risk of never moving on from this question, I have one last tactical tip. And this is very much demand gen. So I'm not sure how much it relates to CS, but it, it's interesting. And it's gifting, right? Um, for those who are looking at the video, I'll show some images right now. Like this is something we sent to Udi from Gong. It's uh, Bruno Gong's dog hanging out with us. This is like advertisements of other folks. But, you know, these are other ads, uh, art that we made. But what's interesting is like, let's say you have someone you want to celebrate, you want to be closer to, you know, they're a LinkedIn influencer. They have a goal of posting five times a week to social and they have a burden, a content burden there. How can you serve up content to them that celebrates them and solves their objections? We found this through creative gifting. So we'll like create custom murals of people and send them to their house, knowing that there's like 80, 90% chance they're going to repost that, knowing that that repost is going to get 10,000 to 20,000 impressions based on who we pick. So essentially, I can break down a cost per impression for an organic ad strategy that's also me just showering my customers with gifts. And I can literally programatize it. And then the interesting thing that happens, and we'll get into this in the dark funnel, is I'm not going to be like, here's this picture of you. Please attach this UTM link to it. But I could, if I wanted to, go into the post with an Upworker. I could create a list of all the companies and people who engage. I could scrub that against anybody who comes inbound in the next couple of weeks. And theoretically, I can tell you that we are generating ROI from these programs. And in addition to like massive, massive amounts of user-generated content, like in some cases, we're reaching out to the people who left a gift and saying, hey, uh, Carol liked your post. Can you intro us? And they're like, sure. And then a lot of these customers are our customer advisory board members. So they're getting 20% on anything they refer to over the first 12 months. Uh, so it's just like sometimes what benefits your customers benefits you. And that's the sweet spot for marketing and customer life on social. 
And you keep, I like that uh, saying, I wrote that down, that you keep saying that, you know, this intersection, like the intersection of like what's good for your customers and what's good for you. It's like those moments that you need to look out for. Um, so I like that. The, um, you know, we referenced the dark funnel a little bit. And I think the interesting piece that uh, I'm coming at this from a customer success angle, but I'm also now on the marketing team, right? So I'm, I'm seeing this more and more because I'm interacting on the sales marketing side is that, um, you know, the buyers that are out there these days are going to their peers through communities, through social, through just their own networks to learn about, hey, what's this company actually like? You know, hey, what's really happening? Hey, what's this product really doing for you? Um, and so I think it's really interesting as you start thinking about the dark funnel because there's, um, I don't know, it's, you know, so mysterious. People don't know necessarily about it, but how do you, so you, you've kind of mentioned a couple of things, right? So social has become a big part. You've mentioned some video pieces, but how else do you feel like you all are trying to influence kind of future customers of yours uh, with, you know, the dark funnel and customer content that you have? Yeah, so I'll share again. So for those folks who are just on audio, I'll explain this. But in the past, I was the general manager of a community called Modern Sales Pros. And I scaled that community. I started off as the operations manager, but I scaled that community from 1,000 to 14,000 members and then brought in about 2 million revenue uh, through sponsorships. Uh, Pete Kazanji, my boss and mentor at the time, was, was amazing. And I like just loved working for him. I met Nicola, our current founder, at one of these events in New York City through Modern Sales Pros. When I first was hired, he said, build Modern Sales Pros. And I was like, look at this. Look at all these communities. You can see there you are, gain, grow, retain. There are all these communities that have blown up. Like, if I build our own community, how are we represented across all these other communities? That is a very imperfect solution to just own one. So we adopted this strategy, which we call cross-community evangelism. And the goal is to map out all of our customers who hold influence within these communities and empower them. Uh, that doesn't mean, hey, post post this UTM Chili Piper demo link in uh, in uh, Pavilion and Modern Sales Pros. Like, but it does mean adding thought leadership to the areas that we're trying to solve. Like, we believe that companies should have a highly efficient inbound lead process and that they should be routing leads in real time. So if there are questions about that, we'll reach out to our customers because we have a social uh, listening mechanism across all these communities and say, hey, Look at this question here. I was wondering if you might have any insight to share. And most of the time, this insight is not about Chili Piper. It's about the process. It provides value to everyone. And then they might say, we use Chili Piper for this. Um, so that's one way we ensure that we're, we're well represented across the dark funnel. We actually have a community health score for every community. Uh, and then the goal is to maintain that community health score. Once we get a couple other projects done and kind of high leverage process automated, we're actually going to comp some members on the community team off maintaining a community health score, which means that not only is our solution mentioned more when it's like a direct tool comparison versus our competitors, but the areas that we're trying to evangelize for, like just the general areas of thought leadership uh, from a philanthropic perspective, from a culture perspective, and from an excellence perspective, specifically inbound excellence, we want to make sure those topics stay top of mind. So that's one thing, communities. The second way we evangelize in the dark funnel is through our customer advisory board. So maybe we want to pause on that until we get to the third topic, because that's a huge part of what we do. And then the third is just through social. Like, you know, when I joined Chili Piper, we got 37,000 organic impressions in the first quarter I was here. I wasn't running social. I was like, what is going on? Like, and I just kind of took over control of social from our consulting firm, who is, they're doing a fine job. They, everything they wrote looked like everyone else in the industry, but we were like, let's do it differently. 
we were very heavily inspired by Gong. But now we're getting like 2.5 million organic impressions just from our company page every month. And it's like, then we're getting another million organic impressions from our, our user-generated content. We're getting another million plus from our, from our employees who post all the time. And then, and then here's where it gets interesting. From the inbound side, uh, you know, we get well over a million in inbound pipeline every month. But if you eliminate those who Google chilipiper.com and click on a cost per click ad, and then you eliminate events, it's like almost all people go to chilipiper.com directly or they Google Chili Piper. So what I would be curious yeah. about, if you really want to measure your dark funnel, look at your demand gen team and then take the cost per click ads that people take out against their own keywords out of that demand gen bucket. And that'll give you a representation of like, like your direct inbound, your organic inbound, and then the cost per click ads on your, uh, on your own keywords. That'll give you an indication of, of how well you're doing in the dark funnel. And we know this is working for us for two reasons. One, uh, our social impressions have ramped with our direct inbound or people Googling Chili Piper. And it's ramped with the pipeline increases there as well. And then the second, we surveyed all of our customers over the last year, 20% of them heard of us first in the community and 40% of them heard of us first through social. So the dark funnel is real. The easiest way you could track it if you wanted to would just be to put a, a field on your form that says, how'd you hear about us? Um, but you also could survey yeah. close one customers. And it's just a competitive advantage for us because like I can do like say this ad strategy I discussed, this dark funnel ad strategy. I can buy a marketing leader, a round trip plane ticket to anywhere in the world and have a pretty good assumption that they're going to take a picture of themselves from the top of some mountain saying, Thank you, Chili Piper, for this ticket. Now, like your traditional marketing leader is going to be like, where's the ROI on that specific $1,000? And I'm like, I don't have it. And I don't even need to produce that. As long as I can continue to demonstrate the correlation between organic and inbound, then I can operate as a marketer in spaces where others can't because their boss is like, give me the hard return on investment from every dollar you spend. So like those who are really winning in the dark funnel have found other creative ways to track the results and the success of what they're doing. And it enables them to engage in marketing campaigns that others just can't because they can't justify it to their board or their CEO. Yeah. That's super interesting too, though, because you're, I mean, just like you mentioned, right? Like the, you're starting to do things that others can't. So you're thinking outside of the realm of just, hey, how can I go buy ad space on Google or Facebook or, you know, insert X, right? How can I just go to this? Uh, yeah, like we had, we had a customer a while back who I knew was obsessed with Wonder Woman. So we sent them a chocolate library, five chocolate bars, each with a custom slip on it with a different comic style rendering of Wonder Woman with their logo, which was very similar to the A, um, it's Avalara is our, one of our great customers. So we sent them this, uh, our, our, like our favorite admin there, all these things. It was her face, but she was Wonder Woman. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, there's this massive upsell. Now I'm not saying the chocolate led to the upsell because it did not. And like, I certainly <laughs> did not like it was the product. They were very clear what led to the upsell, but like, it also maybe did. Doesn't hurt. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't hurt. You know? It doesn't hurt. So, like, we've seen too much of this, like, just showing massive love and then business objectives following shortly afterwards to have a pretty good idea that this type of stuff works. And uh, and then the other thing is, like, if you do this on a relationship on a one to one level, 
that relationship will, will carry over past when someone's at that company. So they'll be very yeah. quick to want to deploy you at their next company. Um, yeah, that's a dark yeah. This, the um, Yeah, I think one thing maybe out there for the customer success leaders to think about, um, going back to your point about communities, right? You've kind of got this um, approach of, hey, you know, let's go make sure that we're in these communities that we're being represented and that it doesn't always have to be us, right? It can be customers, it can be others. Mm-hmm. Um, is if, you know, if you're a customer success leader out there, we always talk about, um, letting your teams go spend time where your customers are. And so identifying which communities are your customers in, letting your team go spend time there, give them the space to give them tools, give them, um, give them ways to bring back insights and things that they can come share. Um, cause that's all going to be helpful at the end of the day. I think, um, sometimes people look at those activities and say, and like you said, right, we almost look at customer success managers in the same way and say, well, what's the ROI on that, that activity, right? Hey, they should be talking to their book of customers. They should be t- you know, calling, they should be emailing, they should be doing this set of activities that we think we think kind of comes back to this renewal um, or retention rate that we have, but ultimately it's about building relationships. And if I can go into a community and I can build relationships, not only with a couple of key customers, but I can go show, let's just call out, um, you know, if I can go into the sales hacker community and say, Hey, um, I'm engaging with our customers. And then not only am I doing that now, I'm actually representing higher logic in that community. People see the name higher logic because I'm just in there and being active right now. They're now they're starting to think, Oh, like, what is higher logic? How can I go research more about it? Right. It's just this um, compounding or flywheel effect that it starts to have. Uh, and so I think you have to give your, your teams the, the space to do that. Uh, yeah. Another thing I was just going to give a, a quick tip to the customer success leaders out there too, is um, I have a Monday board. We use Monday here. I have a Monday board of, of the communities that are out there. Um, and like you said, uh, I would say this is ours isn't uh, like a uh, score mechanism quite, but I'll go through there and just try and give three. I ask three questions right now. Is this community still active? So are people still posting? Um, are people in there? Uh, like, is this community um, in a, one of our target personas is the second question that I ask. And then the third is, um, is, is this somebody that, is this something that we would go um, and want to engage with? And there's some communities that we don't want to engage with, right? But if I can answer those three questions simply, then it's a very simple mechanism that I can say, okay, hey, here are five communities that we should be engaging with right now. Let's go research those. But I just keep it in the Monday board and it's a yes, no. It's like very, very stupid, simple, but it's just something that I've done uh, to kind of keep up with those communities too. Yeah, no, totally. One thing I think that the CS team can do, and this is the last question, like does customer marketing sit in CS or I know where are you going to talk about it? Cause I feel like that's something we got to talk about, but um, a CS team can really help by like finding out what influences their customers. So what I would suggest, if you're trying to build a dark funnel, firstly, like what is community? Like for me, I define community as a space where people who are not explicitly being paid to do so exchange knowledge and information organically. So like if someone asks a question, let's say the Drift customer community, there's a great example of a community that I think is not a community. Hey, how do I use this product? This There's a bug in my tool. How do I solve it? And then a Drift employee replies and says, hey, here's how you solve it. That's not a community. That's like a message board. But like when other customers are like, oh, I encountered this and here's how I did it. That's where a community exists. So what I would say is I would survey your customers and I would say first, like, who's your buying committee? Make sure you figure that out. It sounds simple, but like sometimes people don't know. Once you have your buying committee, find those people within your customer base and survey them granularly. 
Where do you get your information from? What communities are you active in? What podcasts do you follow? What newsletters do you subscribe to? Who do you follow the most on LinkedIn? From there, you create like a dark funnel target hit list. Okay, my customers are active in Game, Grow, Retain. They follow Nick Bennett on LinkedIn. They are going to B2B SMX. That's how you can build backwards from there. So I know where everyone is. Now, how do I show up there? Part of what's been beneficial to Chili Piper is we've like very rigorously mapped out who is influencing our buyer community already. That's why people see us everywhere because we made sure to learn from them where they were going to be ahead of time. And it's just like an underrated thing in marketing and CS, just asking people like, where do you get, like people don't know how to ask anymore. They're just like, ask them what community, yeah. are you, you know? The other, the other two is like uh, newsletters are huge these days too. So right, so it's like, hey, which newsletter yeah. are you in? Uh, are you reading these days? Uh, but yeah, I'm a, a big person, uh, a big ask person as well, right? Uh, if you see on the call with the customer, it's like one of the things you can do easiest. Um, all right, we got a couple of minutes left here, and um, you mentioned customer advisory boards earlier, uh, which I want to touch on. I think just before we get there. There's this interesting question that I would say comes up in customer success a lot right now, which is, you know, does customer marketing live in customer success? Does it live in marketing? Which, I don't know. I always think that those are questions that don't necessarily matter at the end of the day, as, as long as you have the right strategy and the right initiatives that you're, you're working towards. But, you know, uh, curious how you see kind of customer marketing fitting in and, and how you think about um, building and cultivating good relationship with the customer success team. Cause I think that's, you know, a part of, of how customer marketing can be successful. Yeah. So this is such a loaded question and um, I believe it should sit within both after a fashion. Um, but if you can only pick one, here's the number one red flag to avoid. Do not give your CS team pipeline goals. Like if you're being a customer marketer, like the goal of customer marketing within CS is like, uh, like potentially expansion, but really it's like feature adoption, like, you know, yeah. cutting turn, like, and those are CS things. And if you put a pipeline goal on feature adoption, then people are not going to focus on feature adoption. They're going to focus on upsell. And like, that is not what your CS team should be doing. In my mind, they should be focusing on providing value to the customers. So if that's true, that means that there are aspects that would often have to sit within customer success. And one of those is community. A customer community, I believe, should sit within customer success because if the goal of your customer community is anything other than providing maximal value to your customers, then you're building the wrong type of community. And like, let's be real. If you put a marketer in charge of a customer community, they're going to be like, man, I really wish like... I could create four plans, each which would yield two qualified held meetings from the members of this per month. And they'll build like a ramping model and then that'll get put into the financial model. And then your community will become like a shill house where people ask questions about features or whatever. And the response is that some SDR or marketer is like, oh, there's a product that we can, you just need to buy a bigger package of Chili Piper or whatever. So. CS people, I support you to run your own community without marketers trying to straight up ruin it by prop, by make, by monetizing it. However, there's another aspect that I think that the CS team cannot manage. And that is basically like the way that you use your customer community to build brand. So this is the first time I've shared this publicly, um, but this is how we built our customer advisory board at Chili Piper. And if you're reading right now, 
When I first created it, everyone was like, Dan, you're crazy. You want to create six customer advisory boards at the same time? And I was like, yeah, but it's just been amazing because the idea is that like what really benefits people in a community is when they exchange things with people they share common problems with. So we could build a customer advisory board and have like the CMO of Ring Central in there, uh, Jaya, and then have, you know, uh, Sarah B from Gong. And although they're both brilliant people who I'm sure would have a lot to learn from each other, they're not really facing the same problems. Like one's a high performing AE and the other is the CEO of like a multi-billion dollar company. You know, they're both multi-billion dollar companies. But um so what we did is we kind of bifurcated our cab into six groups, and then each group has a different objective. Uh, they are executives, and we use that for product feedback, for strategy feedback, to get internal champions for competitive intel, for case studies. We have revenue operations, and that's focused more on product and strategy feedback, like telling us how to build our product. is way better when you build your product with your customers because they know what they want and you don't. Demand gen leaders... Those are the people who use Chili Piper like to double their inbound conversion rates. And often they like, you know, their ad pages lead to it and then it automatically routes. So a lot of product feedback there, a lot of internal champions. Uh, and then we get into the kind of area that's a little bit different, community leaders. So I'm sorry you're not on this list, Jeff, but we have all the communities that are kind of within our marketing sales ecosystem. All the founders are in this group together and we use it to ensure that we're not competing for events or that we're doing events together. Like our Dreamforce event, it's going to be sponsored by John Barrow's training, MoPros, Marketing Operations Pros, Sales Assembly, Rev Genius, the M2 community. That's like five amazing communities. And we, we bring everybody together there because we're just way stronger together. Um, yeah. Op Reps, this one's epic. It's just like the highest performing reps amongst our cab. And uh, amongst our customers, and they're just like straight up referring tons of business to us because it's so easy for them to do so. They already have a closed one book and they can just go back and be like, hey, Chili Peppers doubled our inbound conversion rates. Check them out. And then partners. And this is like all of our channel partners and we help them share best practices. So what's interesting about this is it's like I would not want a customer success person to manage that because so much of it is like straight up. Like we have, this is another score, but Taylor uh, Boger runs our cab and she's incredible. And she's the only reason we were able to take this off the ground because I had like a vague idea of how this would work for like a year, but we didn't have the person to do it. And she's doing it. And it's like, she's got pipeline goals. Like she has a certain number of referrals she has to drive through our customer advisory board another set of referrals she has to drive through our self-serve referral program. And then also she has goals on activating them. There's a customer advisory board health score. And unless people take a certain number of actions each month, that'll affect her comp. And also will wean the lower performers off the cab and replace them with new folks. So in general, I know I've been rambling forever. I believe that like, if you're going to build a relationship where your affiliates and your cabs are like core to competitive deals, they're referring stuff, they're in the sales cycle. They're posting about you actively on social. You're going to need that to sit within marketing because you're going to want to monetize the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't take offense to not being in your community leaders. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will at some point, but not right now. 
no, but that's super cool. Like the, um, the, the thing that I like that you put in there too, and I'm, uh, I'm going to ask a question here in a minute, but the thing I like is you uh, outlined what the objective is for all those, right? Because a lot of times when I've seen people do cabs, it's like the cab, one piece of the cab has like seven things they're trying to accomplish. And you're like, we have these people's time for like, you know, once a quarter or like once every blue moon, it's like, are we really going to accomplish like all seven of those things with that one group of people? And so I like your point, right? You've kind of got um, almost a heat map of like, okay, here's where we're really focused with this group. Here are some tangential pieces that they might be able to help with um, in other areas. So I'm curious, do you show that that graphic and kind of, um, I'll call it kind of that rough outline. Do you kind of talk people through that when you say, hey, you know, executive, we really like you to be a part of this, um, but here's here's kind of what we're putting on your plate. Here's the, here's the ask to you. Do you kind of uh, outline that for them so that their expectations are, are set coming in? Yeah, we do. And what's nice is like, part of our cab is we're like, how can we support you? So like they get tons of stuff. Like we'll amplify all of their posts on social without them asking. We'll intro them to anyone they want. We'll fly them to our events. Like we'll do all kinds of amazing stuff. And then the other thing we do, it flows into this other thing. What do they want? They want to grow their brand. Chili Pepper is an amazing brand. They want to be listed as an advisor for this new, like hot brand. Uh, so we do that. We send them gifts that allow them to celebrate themselves as thought leaders. Every quarter we send them a gift. I cannot tell you after this podcast is over, after we stop recording, I'll show you the gift for next quarter. But I guarantee you at least 90% of the members of the cab will repost it. That means I get 50 <laughs> posts from influencers celebrating us and they're celebrating us, but they're celebrating us celebrating them. Um, it, yeah. it, it's awesome. And, um, it, you know, that, that adds up. So um, we're very transparent with them about what we want and what they need. And then we spend, uh, there's a requirement. You have to join a meeting every quarter. We spend a lot of time providing so much value. And then oftentimes they're like, you've done so much. Like all I did was post about you once a month. What can I do? That's more. Yeah. We'll be like, well, if you really want to do more, like come <laughs> in and we logged everybody that liked your post through an Upworker and you can give these five intros. Or we can just do like amazing stuff because it's like the benefits we get from one post per month across 50 people from our cab or even one post per quarter is like amazing for us. And we're willing yeah. to spend thousands of dollars flying these people to our events or like get them really nice bottles of champagne and nice hits or like the, the next gift that we have coming out, which I can't tell. I want to tell so much, but I'll ruin the surprise for 50 people if I do. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Uh, man, this has been awesome. I know we can keep going on, but we, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Dan, it's been awesome. We talked through kind of social and how you uh, at Chili Piper, you all think about using that to help promote customers, you know, get your teams involved, how customer success teams can be helpful. Uh, we talked to you a little bit of the dark funnel and how you all think about uh, just how customers are interacting in those um, kind of nooks and crannies of the web and, uh, and how, again, customer success teams can go find where those areas are. And then we kind of wrapped up with customer marketing, some advisory board stuff, um, and just ways that you're trying to bring roughly 50, you know, of your uh, closest confidants in to um, to really be part of the brand. So uh, this has been fun. If people want to find more about you or Chili Piper, where's the, where's the best place to go? So go to chilipiper.com and then request a demo. And in that demo, what'll happen is we'll look up your domain in real time. We'll, we'll qualify you. Are you someone that wants to talk to our team or not? That's usually determined by the size of your sales org and the, the inbound volume of reps. Then we'll qualify you in real time, route you to the proper rep, and then just display availability for their calendar right on our website. 
So what's cool is like, if you take a demo with Chili Piper, if you request a demo, you're basically taking a demo. So that's what I would do. You're easy, yeah, Follow you're me on LinkedIn if you want. So there's this fun thing where you can choose a custom URL. Just go to linkedin.com slash great marketing. And that's my LinkedIn URL if you want to. Uh, tactically, if I could give you one or two tips, it would be um, to understand your buying committee and where they're being influenced. That's the first thing. Um, because only once you understand where people are learning from, can you provide value to that learning? That's the first thing. The second thing is I would definitely recommend having customer marketing and have that sit within marketing uh, for certain initiatives. And the other benefit that we didn't get into in customer marketing is like, you need someone in marketing to have a strong relationship with the CSAM team. And like the goal of customer marketing should be to like bring those teams together. So it's awesome for alignment there. The third tip I would have would be if you're really trying to engage with your customers, it starts from understanding what they want. Then within that pie chart, you can find what you want. In that overlap, that's your sweet spot of marketing. And that is your sweet spot of celebrating your customers. Um, the only other thing I would say is you probably should join Gain, Grow, Retain. It's an incredible community. I've been working with Jeff and some of the other leaders there for years. As you saw on my infographic, I listed as the top CS community in the space. And uh, I'm just really grateful for you having me on. Uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I, I just love learning from kind of folks in the CS space, like CS and marketing. Um, they're more similar than people think, because I really believe that the best marketing should be done by your customers. Um, and, and you need to have happy customers in order to market your customers. Uh, and for that, you need a great CS org. I love it. We, uh, and we didn't pay Dan to say that. So, um, you know, from authentic from the I'm heart. not getting paid. Uh, I, no, I thought I, I was going to get $5,000 for this podcast. <laughs> I, uh, no, I appreciate that. It's been really fun, Dan. And we're, uh, we're going to, you know, stay connected. We're always out there engaging with a bunch of stuff that you and Chili Piper do. So looking forward to, to doing that more. Can't wait. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one -on -one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.